Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entire internet. And guess what? It's all free. The projections for next season, free. Tracking for your team, free. It's free. Hashtag basketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Catron. And joining me as always is one of, I would say, the number one expert who is not in this expert mock draft, Mr. Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, I, I'm never in these drafts. I don't think people like me. I, you know what? You're hard to find. You're elusive. You're off the grid. The only pe- way people know I you guess. is by Tyler P. Watts on Twitter. That is true. I might not be a real person either. You never know. I mean, I could be fake. I, I could be like that that girl who catfished Manti Teo. You might secretly a man. You might have been the person who did that, for all I know. I mean, they did do a Netflix documentary about it, I think. Oh, well, maybe they did find out. Um, I hope you got paid well for that <laughs> Netflix documentary. Um, I, I unfortunately did not get paid well for this a 12-team, 9-cap mock draft that I did uh, a little while ago. This was a little too early. This was like in August, right? So if you're lis- depending on when you are listening to this um, at all. It was late August, though. Let's be real. I mean, this wasn't it like was... August 1st. This was like at the end of August. Late late august so it was but you know so i think things will easily shift between august and september once preseason starts that's when really things every everything gets settled but i like to look at the mock drafts those are probably my favorite thing to you know take a look at and kind of gauge where my uh my rankings are going to be what my tiers are going to be what my plateaus uh are going to be and you know what if i was intelligent i like to just gauge what my toes are going to be oh my god tyler it's not that kind of podcast. Um, but, you know, I actually have a theory about, Tyler, why you weren't invited is because you're too good. You're too good at fantasy basketball, and they didn't want to be upstaged by the likes of Tyler P. Watts. Well, I mean, that's definitely not true. I also feel like, can you ever really show how good you are in a snake draft? Ooh, that's a that now that's a good question. Let's just talk about let's talk about strategy. Let's talk about drafts. Let's talk about strategy. Then we'll get into the mock draft. I think that's good, for, especially for people who might be listening either for the first time, first season, or you know, um, might just be you know not as familiar with fantasy basketball as we are. Um, I would say there are you can be a like a good snake draft person and a bad you can like have a good draft and a bad draft in a snake draft you absolutely can but i think if you want so if you want to really truly show your ability to build a team to think on the fly and to know like kind of show your knowledge of all the different players within fantasy basketball an auction draft is the way to go it's my favorite way to draft oh for sure because i mean in this draft okay now you pick second Right. Yes. Um, in this draft that we're going to talk about, um, obviously you didn't have a shot at Nikola Jokic. You just didn't, right? No. And then coming back around in the second round, because you were at the end of the second round, like you didn't really have a chance at names like 
LeBron or Devin Booker or Paul George, right? You weren't picking those people second overall. But then again, like, they were not available when you picked again. Yes. You are um, completely hindered by the luck of the draw, which is why we talk about often, right? Like, why, and we're going to talk about this, why I don't want to pick second in any draft, period. It's probably the worst spot. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that, because you don't really know who to pick, and then at the end of the second round, you're getting, well, the second worst player, right? Um, I will say this, though, too, about snake drafts, that um, you shouldn't really follow whatever the site is saying. Like, you know how some people, like, go to those little things on the site, and it says, like, oh, you're the best person in this draft, or oh, you're the worst person in this draft? Nonsense. Um. Those are obviously using, like, their rankings and their projections. So unless you're literally just going to pick, oh, Nikola Jokic is number one, oh, Joel Embiid is number two, oh, Giannis is number three, oh, Steph Curry is number four, like, that's how they want you to pick to maximize that kind of production in that. So, like, but that doesn't make sense because there's no way their rankings are 100% correct and they're not really helping you build out your build so like despite you winning that like yahoo or espn counter like i would not pay any attention to that i wouldn't even look at it don't even go there i would absolutely not uh look at the the yahoo or the espn stuff and even so like even you go to hashtag basketball.com they got some free stuff it's still going to be if you draft exactly how hashtag basketball wants you to draft which i do think is a better rule of thumb a, a better um I guess starting spot than um, the rankings that you see on Yahoo and ESPN, which we will talk about at some point. Once I don't like to talk about them when they come out because they're so bad that I would probably like you know I'd probably get in trouble. But like I like to wait till the they they update them and they always update them right after all the other sites update theirs like hashtagbasketball.com or our good friends over at Basketball Monster. Um, and even if you draft like those sites tell you to do. And then they tell you number one. It's like, well, yeah, you draft exactly how they were, were they were ranking their players. Of course, you're going to be number one in their particular system. So my my thought is process is a system or a ranking or even these mock drafts. They're all just starting points for you to get a feel for where players should be going, are likely going, consensus going. Um, I think mock drafts are really good to be like, oh, I, you know what, honestly, wasn't really thinking about Kyle Lowry or Sadiq Bey or, um, you know, Al Horford. Now, we are on, the, on, on our podcast. We've been talking about Al Horford. But maybe you hadn't thought about uh, Anthony Simmons in a while. And that's fair. Now you look at this mock draft, it's like, oh, Anthony Simmons. They, okay. You know, Anthony Simmons went in the uh, ninth round. What, do I agree with that? Do I disagree with that? Do I think he's he's likely to have a better season or a worse season? Now you can start having that discussion with yourself, and then you can create your own. Um, what I like to do, and this is what we encourage uh, watching the boxes, is tiers in um, plateau, plateau regions. It's like you're going to motherfucking uh, ge- geography school out here. And so, I don't know. I'm getting I'm getting a sense of my tiers and plateaus from this particular mock draft. Um, but I yeah, I encourage people to do option drafts for sure because you can really manipulate your team. But a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people do the snake drafts. They do the head-to-head. And that's... Mock draft is just time-consuming, right? Or uh, 
I'm sorry, an auction draft. I said mock draft. I'm a little tired, I guess. Um, but yeah, like it's just time consuming, right? And some people don't want to spend that much time on their draft, or you know, it could be a situation where they just can't get everyone together for that amount of time. Yes, and yeah, do what. This is supposed to be fun. My 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 advice always is, if your league is all in, go for it. But like, what's really not fun is if like three people at the auction draft aren't there and they're auto drafting. That isn't fun. And then they have bad teams. Or uh, they take one of your players, and uh, or they have a team full of injured people, and then they check out in like December because they have a team full of injured players and shit. That's not fun. At least with the snake draft, there's a little bit of ways around it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Either way, don't don't go completely by rankings. Don't go completely by what you see out in the in these sites. But it's a great starting great starting point and a hashtag basketball is a very good starting point in my opinion um i i, I really like their uh, projections so far there are things that i disagree with um i would actually the one one thing it, it doesn't stick out because i'm like oh this really sticks out because frankly it's just a little like it's either here or there right um little things where it's like oh um you know fred van fleet's a little low maybe i like him a little bit more Okay, that's fine. I'll rank him higher, and hashtag basketball will have him at uh, what he sit- currently sits is 30, 30th overall per game value. I think Fred Van Fleet's a, easily a, a second round player, if not, you know, top middle second round. I mean, he's in my top 20. And, and I think no matter what site you use, you know, you should always be kind of tweaking it to your preferences and your specifications, right? Like, we talk about that tier from 2 to, you know, 8 or maybe 9 or 10, right? Like, if you think Carl Anthony Towns is going to be the second best player this year, you should take Carl Anthony Towns second overall. And especially in a snake draft. Like, you're not getting him at 19. So no. you got to take him at second overall. You should take the person that you think is going to have the most fantasy value. Yeah, and I, I think when we go through this mock draft, which we we, we definitely will, um, when we go through this mock draft, you'll see that a little bit of, of the people who are picking on the ends, including myself, is that you, you start thinking to yourself, is that guy, I really want this guy, I really like this guy, it'll be fun for him to be on my team, he's not coming back to me. He's not going to last two more rounds. So now's the time to take them. And I think I, I think there was quite a bit of that. But that that's what you have to do. That's the consequence of a snake draft. Yeah. And we're sometimes, we, we talk about this, I think, a lot, right? We're too married to, oh, Steph Curry is the fifth best player. You know, like, okay, if he, maybe he is. But, like, when we get in the middle, right, like, the difference between... 35 and 50 is pretty small. Yeah. Right? And it's even smaller when we look at like 50 to 75 and 75 to 100, right? Like there's very small gaps between those players if there's really any gap at all. So it it becomes more of like how can I build my team much more so than, you know, oh, I had Gordon Hayward one spot over Julius Randle. I have to pick Gordon Hayward here. That's not real. No. Not at all, especially when you start getting into the middle um, rounds. And we talk about that a lot on our Who Do I Draft series, which we will be doing before the season starts. 
uh, where we draft each one of the t- uh, consensus Yahoo average or ADP, whatever, AVP, whatever we're looking at. Um, we, we go through the first round and we try to build teams out of players who are available uh, in, in a kind of a snake draft format. But like Tyler, I think you've made a really good point, and I want to stress this um, uh, this point. The difference between Carl Anthony Towns, right? According to the Z scores, if I go look at, um, I'm going to look at the projections, not the rankings, just the projections from hashtag basketball. Um, so these are you know stats that we think are going to happen. Carl Anthony Towns is, is, is it has like a kind of a total score of 9.31. That doesn't really mean anything other than it's kind of a calculation of what he's good at uh, across all the categories that you've selected on hashtag basketball's uh, site. Two points down from that, 9.31, nine, uh, two points down that would be like the closest person would be 7.41, Jimmy Butler. Carl Anthony Towns per average is 10th. Jimmy Butler is 20th. 10 spots. Two full points. Start going a little later in the draft, right? Start start going down to the bottom of the draft. Jonas Valanciunas is the 50th ranked player. This is we're already down to 50. Like that's not that far down in the draft. There's only a handful of players more, but 50th ranked player per game value 4.11. If I go down two spots, uh, two two total points, right? Like we did between 10 and 20, we go from 50 all the way down to 77 and that's your plateau that's your first plateau right there and in those spots you should be looking for the players that complement your team the best it really matters to me what other players i have like i don't sit there at pick 50 and go like Oh, this is a home run. Now, I might. Right? Like if they have if Yahoo or ESPN or wherever I'm drafting like just has one player who's like should be in the top 35, like outside the top 50, then I might, right? But other than that, which isn't going to happen by the time most people are drafting, right? Because they're sure. gonna, obviously they're going to update their rankings and they're going to look the way they relatively should, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking for people that complement the players I already have. Right? So I'm not going to say, like, in every draft I'm going to pick John Collins at pick 50. Well, no, maybe I don't need John Collins' points and rebounds and a block, right? Maybe I'm already first in blocks by a mile because I've got two centers already. And I, you know, I really need assists. Well, I'm not going to pick John Collins if I need assists. Of course not. Even, Even if I think he's my best player on the board, right? Even if he's my number 50 ranked guy... I might pick, I don't know, whoever the best point guard available is because I really need assists because I don't have a point guard yet. You need to fill out your teams. You need to fill out your categories. And this is also, this is also why we stress to a lot of people who are new to fantasy basketball. Um, and do whatever you want. Do whatever's fun. Do whatever's going to get your people playing. Um, it's like we kind of don't stress point leagues. We don't talk about point leagues a lot on Watching the Boxes is because point leagues take out a certain dimension of complexity around each one of these players. You know, um, a strong block guy is worth the exact same amount of points as some as someone who's like a strong points guy but doesn't do anything else either. Um, 
it kind of negates well, and, the uniqueness of each one of these players when you're in a category league you're fighting over categories you're fighting against categories with other people with other teams who are have strengths and weaknesses as well so to me it's a little bit more closer to you know a real basketball game if you get out rebounded you get out rebounded you might lose the game yeah right and in a point league you just want the guy who's always going to score the most points so if he's 50 and the other guy is 51 you want 50 right it, it does take the fun out of Simple it Simple as that right like, you're just going to make a list of, I think Nikola Jokic is going to score the most points. I think Stephen Curry is going to score the second most. And then, you know, all the way down to, you know, whoever scores the least amount in your league. And then you're literally just going to pick those players one at a time without really even thinking about it. Because there's no point to think about it, right? It's just about points. Um, yeah, I'm not, I have not played in one of those leagues in a long time. And I will probably not play in one of those leagues at all this year. Just not my cup of tea. Uh, like you mentioned, just take some of the fun out of it. And it also, it takes a lot of the fun out of like the waiver wire and things like that, right? Because you're not really going like, okay, well, I can try to win blocks here, but if I go for this blocks guy, okay, I'm going to get a few rebounds, but I'm not going to get any threes. And three-pointers is pretty close too, so do I want that? I don't know, maybe. Um, You just go like, okay, you know, this guy is going to average... 12 points tonight and i need 12 points in my game so i'm gonna get the 12 point guy yeah the the end there's no real uh, complex thought to the whole thing right and it also ruins kind of like the ability to trade because you're like hey this person's better than this other guy and you're like eh, it's just like i looked at the average points and this average points better than that average points. why would i why would i trade you doesn't really like yeah. allow you to play off strengths and weaknesses so we do really recommend playing category leagues i like to play roto if you want to play head to head go for it roto takes a lot more it's kind of like playing a like a premier league season where you know your the whole season matters versus you know an america more american style where you play the regular season you get in the playoffs and then anything can happen both are exciting both are valid i just prefer roto over head to head um in this particular draft, this mock draft that we did, we had some friends over from our uh, Fantasy Basketball Internationals group, uh, Adam King, who you might have seen on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash watching the boxes. Um, I believe, I don't believe our friend Alex uh, Raclean was in this one, uh, but we uh, were also joined by a basketball monster alumni. I don't know alumni. I don't think it's like a, it's like a university. Uh, our good friend Josh Lloyd. Uh, over with Basketball Monster, uh, obviously uh, Kyle. Usually Kyle's in these drafts, and I get stuck by Kyle. And Kyle is like an absolutely inc- uh, Kyle McCown is an absolutely incredible drafter, which really pisses me off. <laughs> He's not even in this draft, is he? Just just shouting oh. out people's names now. Just shouting out people I know. I'm doing some name drops here. Leave me the fuck alone. If you want to see this particular mock draft, you want to follow along with the podcast patreon.com slash watching the boxes there is an image of the draft results there on patreon.com slash watching the boxes and it is for free you do not have to be a patreon in order to see the results of this draft but if you would like to you better be young though or have very good eyes or be able to magnify your computer screen like i have to because i am a very old man who has very poor eyesight you do you are your eyesight is poor and you are poor all right so um let's get started um i don't think it's and we're gonna go through the first rounds i'd say pretty quickly because that's not what's usually the first rounds are not that interesting i'm gonna list out the the oh i thought there was 
I thought there was two interesting picks. Oh wow! There was right. an in, there was two interesting picks in this first round, and there was there was a couple interesting non picks. I will say, in my in my personal opinion, I think there's one uh, interesting pick, and there's one pick I like that maybe you think is interesting, but um, I'm just gonna go through it. I went second, and uh, overall, I would say second. This is a 12 team nine cat mock draft. If you so head to head. Um, I did not like picking second because obviously Jokic went first, and that's consensus all over the board. I don't think you're going to see anyone saying anybody other than Jokic should go number one. Um, I'm settling down in my tiers, and I, I actually I had kind of Embiid and KD as my like go to second overall picks. And the more I think about it, you could have Giannis in there, you could have Curry, you could have Harden, you could have Luka in there. Uh, I think all those guys are valid second pick overall. I would agree with that. I would say that maybe, 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 right? Um, you made the safest of the picks, right? Or the, the most consensus pick, I think, with Embiid. Uh, personally, I would not go for Embiid. But I think this goes back to how do you want to draft your team? And maybe this is the difference for me between who I'm picking second and who you did pick second, okay? I want a guy here who's going to get me more guard-oriented stats. Um, you, you are always subscribing to the fact that you want this big man early. I want a big man early. I want close to as close to 30 points as possible. In my first, with my first round pick, I want a I want a big man earlier than later, and a big man. You know, this is positionless basketball at this point, but we are we were playing with uh with centers as as something that's activated. I would actually suggest if you play, don't activate centers. Have uh, an extra utility instead of a center. Um, but that wasn't really a factor in any of it. It's that Joel Embiid, probably I think a likely MVP candidate. Uh, is going to score 30 points a game. He's going to do everything across the board incredibly well for a center. Uh, minus shooting threes, but 1.3 threes from the center is pretty good. Um, and I, I I don't think I've ever owned Joel Embiid, quite frankly. And for me, it was kind of, I just wanted to be a little unique. Because Giannis went uh, third overall to Josh Lloyd. And I easily think if you are wanting to come out the gate and punt free throws... Giannis, 100%, I'd take him second overall. Um, here's why I go for Giannis over Embiid, if that's the question. Sure. Um, rebounds, equal, right? Ish. Points, equal-ish. Okay. About the same. Steals, pretty equal, right? Mm-hmm. Blocks, pretty equal. I want, more so than free throws, which we know can be very fluky in, in a week. Right? Especially when they head to head, right? Free throws get fluky from week to week. Some guys have like weird weeks where they get in their own head and like even good guys, right? Uh, if you look at like Steph Curry or even some of the best shooters, a lot of times their misses kind of come in bunches. They're not like, oh, he missed one here and then he missed one here and they missed one here. He'll miss like five in a week. I throw that out. I don't care. The difference is the. The one or 5.8 assists for Giannis, 4.2 for Joel Embiid. That's pretty little, big. You know, 
1.6 assists is a nice little boost. And we've heard Giannis is working on his free throws. He's made some um, in the Eurobasket. I'm not counting that for anything. But even if Giannis can get up to like 75-ish, I think he could kind of quickly overtake Embiid. I also feel just better about Giannis playing a couple more games than Embiid. That's just a personal thing. Okay. Yeah. I think that's very fair. And I, I think that's why... This kind of section right here, I have six people in in one in my one B tier, um, and I'm gonna publish these tiers over on the Patreon. But I did just have Katie and Embiid in there, and that's why. But like Luca goes next. Luca goes four overall. Steph Curry goes five overall. Great. This is where the first uh, kind of roadblock, or not roadblock, but the, uh, definitely something that I wasn't expecting. Jason Tatum at six. So Jason Tatum finished 15th in per game last year, and I don't really see any way he breaks into that top tier. But maybe you could tell me. I guess getting to, like, 30 points a game would help. But even if he gets to 30 points a game, like, are the assists, steals, and blocks enough to push him to the top tier? I would say no. Like, even if you're just looking at a guy like Luca, right, who's probably maybe towards the back of that tier, you're talking a full rebound more and four more assists last year, plus a point two more steals. Yeah, it is so hard to make that type of leap, right? We kind of talked about that overall rating, how you know there's only 10 sp- the big gap but only 10 spots between Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler, right? You know, um Tatum's in the middle of that. Tatum is going to have to do James Harden-esque, Kevin Durant-esque things in order to be considered a, a, a first-round player, and I don't know where where he achieves that level and like a lot of those guys, right? They all average over a steal a game. Some of them average over a steal and over a block a game. Um, where does Jason Tatum improve overall that would get him knocked up into that upper echelon? Well, and that's the crazy part, right? We see some guys take an offensive leap. We see some guys take a defensive leap. Very rarely do we see them take a leap on both ends in the same season. And he would literally have to do that. He would literally have to get more steals and blocks and score more points and get more assists. I don't think that's possible. I just don't. I don't think he can vault his way into that top, even top eight, like seven, top seven. I I just don't see it. No, I don't either. I don't either, and I think that's well too high, and this is why. Uh, That was pick number six. Pick number seven, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was still sitting on the board. Um, I have Kevin Durant as, like, second overall. Now, here's maybe the case. Sure. How many games did Durant play last season? Not enough. Two fives. Five, five, 55. How many did Jason Tatum play? More than that. 76. Look at totals, right? Last year, totals. Durant finished second in per game. Tatum finished well below that, but Tatum was fifth in totals. Durant was sixth. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair. And so when you think about it like that, like, okay, cool. I see why maybe you put Jason Tatum in the top. But that's banking on health, which you can never bank on. 
you could just never bank on any of these guys' health. Sure, guys like Anthony Davis uh, are a little bit more injury prone than uh, others, right? But I don't want to. I don't want to bank on. I don't want to bank on someone getting injured or someone not getting injured. I'm, I have to assume all these players are gonna, you know, other than like guys like Jimmy Butler, who we know are gonna play like fifty-eight games or whatever. Like anyone who's kind of been, who's if they're healthy will play seventy-four games. I'm gonna assume they're gonna play seventy-four games. Yeah, and. I mean, I just I can't really see going Tatum there personally. Like, I just thought that was a surprising pick, and and I get that he finished around there last year. Maybe um, you're a Celtics fan and you want to pick Tatum that high. I wouldn't do it. Like like you mentioned, I think at the top in that first round, I want per game value, especially in a twelve team league where it's a little bit shallower. And what they don't tell you about that fifth and the sixth, right, is yeah, you got fifty five games from Durant, but you also got the rest of the games with a replacement level player while Durant was on your IR. You got Jason Tatum, but you got far fewer of that replacement value player. So Durant actually finished higher for the full season over 82 yeah. games because you got, I don't know, I'm not good at math. What's 82 minus 55? You got that replacement level production from whoever you picked up when Durant was on your IR. Um, you got yeah. far less production from Tatum's replacement player. Total, total up those waiver wire players, see what they add up to. It's going to be a lot closer than you think. Uh, similar in that vein, DeMar DeRozan played 76 games last season. In totals, he was seventh overall, ahead of James Harden, ahead of Steph Curry, ahead of Giannis. I'm not taking DeMar DeRozan in the first round. Um, though Jason and, Tatum is a little bit more of a complete player. Still, not doing it. Yeah, and so... Um, it was a reach, I think, for sure. It's not something I would do. Um, but again, it's supposed to be fun. I don't think I don't think it killed your draft. No, no, no. Like, no. I don't think it we look at we look at this person's draft. I actually kind of like it overall. Actually, I thought Tatum was a bit too high pick, but then I thought he got good value in the third round with the Bam out of bio. I yeah. thought he got some good round throughout the draft. And like, if I was sitting there with that team, I'd go like, oh, I kind of went too high on Tatum, but I like this team. I, I, I don't think it's a like you're not gonna blow it right if you pick somebody who's as good as Jason Tatum with your first round. You're not gonna. Well, blow you could it. blow it. You could pick like somebody not in the league. Okay. <laughs> you could you could do that, and that would be dumb. All right, let's uh let's see if we can get through in the first round here. Uh, one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight. James Harden, Kevin Durant, James Harden at eight, followed by finishing out the first round. LaMelo Ball, Dame Lillard, Car Anthony Towns, and Trey Young. Any, any name on that, that list surprise you? Why did LaMelo Ball go over Damian Lillard and Trey Young? Why did Damian Lillard go over Trey Young? Why did any of them go over Car Anthony Towns? Good question. Um, you could make the case, I would argue, for them over Towns in this respect. If you think Gobert and Towns, right, is going to really hurt Towns's rebounding and shot blocking, you could make the case for those other two going ahead of him. Um, Damian Lillard has finished ahead of him numerous times. So if you're assuming Damian Lillard is healthy, that's a pretty easy case to make. Um, 
LaMelo Ball, though, like, LaMelo Ball finished 16th at per game value. And I get he played 75 games last year, but, like, over the last five years, he has not been the beacon of health. No. No, he is not. So I, so I was very confused why he went ninth overall. Yeah, I think it's a little too high for LaMelo. I, I, I actually really don't. This is, you know, maybe we're picking some nits here. You're taking him on the turn, and what happened was between, uh, and this is a 12-team draft, so you know, just think about it in your head. The, t- the turn's 12 and 13. Trey Young and Tyrese Halliburton, that's a great combo. That's a fantastic combo. You know what's Why also was a good Trae- combo? LaMelo Ball and Tyrese Halliburton. That's a good combo, too. Trey Young, though, should have been the highest pick of, the, of those point guards, in my opinion. Okay. Higher than Dame. I don't know because Trey Young finished know, okay. sixth in per game value last year. People don't realize that. Finished sixth. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> but uh, right? I, I feel, I feel um, like people forget that how good Damian Lillard was. He just only had one year, one bad year, and people forget how good yeah, Dame is. And if Dame is back and looking real good and looking healthy, like I might move him up over Trey Young. But give me Trey Young, young, a little younger. Just finish there, is elite assist guaranteed? Probably one of the top two guys in assists, maybe three in the league. Like you're not getting ten assists anywhere else. Trey Young might give it to you. And That's we look true. at like a we look at a guy like you know we're talking about guys getting good assists at five. Trey Young is getting you two fives. Incredible, yeah. Double. Damian Lillard isn't getting you two fives. No, he is not. He's getting you more than one five. Five, five and a half? Is that, that's, we're not doing it like that. We shouldn't be confusing the people with all this math, Tyler. Um, well, no, Damian Lillard's probably getting you like set between seven and eight, but he's not getting you ten. No, not at all. And that's a big leap. Like those three, if he gets seven, those three assists a game is massive. So give me Trey Young. Because we talk about this, I think assists are maybe the hardest category to get. Because like, Look at your waiver wire to normal league. The only guys on there that are going to get you assists are dudes like TJ McConnell who don't do anything else other than assists and maybe some steals, right? Are you really wanting to pick up guys scoring five points a game? I don't. It's going to hurt your points a lot. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to have to like waiver wire my way to an assist wins. Trey Young is incredibly valued. Uh, valuable, and I do think you should pay extra attention to people or uh, different players who have that kind of elite, elite status in at least one category, if not two categories. Um, because overall, I, I just kind of like them a little bit better than their counterparts who might be ranked in a similar place. Uh, and I think uh, that's a good one, Trey and and Dame. Pick your poison, right? Like one's uh, going to have you assist, one's going to have. I think Dame's going to have a great year. He's going to be scoring. But let me pose this question to you, Tyler. Let's move LaMelo Ball to the turn. Let's not say he was picked at the turn. Let's say he's available at the turn. All the players that are left, who do you want on the turn? You don't don't get Dame. You don't get Carl Towns. You don't get Trey Young. None of the big, the top tier guys. Not Jason Tatum either. Yeah, so... And this is kind of where I'm at with this, right? I think there are set. There's one, and there's six that I would you I would say you could do in any order, right? Top seven, I think, should be the top seven. Yes. 
And I think there's another kind of little mini tier of like Trey Young, Dame, Towns, and I would even put Tatum in that. I think the top 11 is pretty strong. When it gets to 12, this is where the draft goes a little haywire for me. Because you got guys who are probably only, are, I would say maybe definitely even, playing 60 or fewer games. Those are the guys that are elite in the per game. Then you've got another set of guys who are very good and get up there in totals because they're going to play more, but really in per game value, they're more second to third-ish round players. Yes, this is kind of what we've been alluding to in our team uh, previews, is that there's these there's a group of players who have per, great per game value. They might not have the health or the consistency in, in games played as we would like, and then there's these guys who are like, these are second-round players. They're not quite first, but they're guys I really, really like, like Tyrese Halliburton, like Devin Booker. Um, so if the question is who am I picking on the turn, I'm going in a shallow league like this where there's 10 or 12 teams. I'm going for those elite guys in the per game, and I'll take the replacement level in the elite and the replacement level. You're like one in one. You're going to get a guy yeah. who's like a Kawhi Leonard or maybe a LeBron James, or a Kyrie Irving. You're going to take one of those guys, then you're going to be like, and now let's go a little bit safer with a LaMelo Ball or a Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, and maybe it's one of those leagues where, like, first place gets all the cash and nobody else gets any. Yeah. And I might go I might go elite and elite. Just trying to hit the home run. Why not? You're already behind the eight ball. Taking 12. You know what I mean? So True. at that point, I might I might go elite and elite. Other than that, like if I'm just trying to give myself a chance to win the league, but if I finish third, I think that's a fairly successful season, then I'm going to go elite and, and safer. I think third is a very successful season. That's why you should pay out your top three. I, 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 I encourage that. So on the turn, in this particular mock draft, Trey Young, Tyrese Halliburton. I think that's a you're a big Tyrese Halliburton guy. I like Tyrese Halliburton as well. I think he's young, upcoming, and this is where you're going to have to take him probably on the turn if you want to get him. He's not going to move much further. And that's it for round one of the mock draft. Join us next time for rounds two, three, possibly even four. Um, We're going to go round by round, pick by pick, and we're going to analyze each one of these. We appreciate you listening. Check out the mock draft on patreon.com slash watching the boxes for free. And we will catch you next time. Thanks.